can't relate. Straight talk going, stay not safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace. None in my lead. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm outer space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going, state to state. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Your host is back. As always, every week I'm back. I'm never really going anywhere. I don't know why I say I'm back. I got to get rid of that. I got to say, the host has returned for another amazing conversation. And it's another. Oh, see? He, my, even my guest knows that was better. Return is better. Okay, I got to check mark that. Put that, put a pin in that. Because that's what I'm going to use from now on. So please help me welcome this week's guest. One of my favorite people in the Ontario Indies. Actually, one of my favorite people in wrestling. A kid who has all the heart in the world and all the ability to be a superstar down the line. And I'm putting my stamp on it now. Please help me welcome Travis Moore to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, my friend? I'm very flattered right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel pretty good. Besides the fact that I'm a bit under the weather, uh, talking to you has made my day a lot better. Well, thank you very much. We pride ourselves on that. But we also pride ourselves on uh, uh, guys like you, people like you, fans like you, or not fans, talent like you giving us the time. Because that makes a huge I mean, difference. I mean, I'm a fan too, so. Of course, you are a fan. But you're also, uh, like I said, man, you're one of the talents that I have my eye on for a long time. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't that schedules never synced up. It was just like, okay, I'm going to, Travis Moore's on the list for this month. And then something sidetracked me. And then another something sidetracked me. So it was like, when I saw you at uh, Destiny in January, I was like, that's it. Boom. It's got to happen. In July, I saw you. I'm like, that's it. It's got to happen. We're going to get him on. And we set it up. And here we are. And yeah. wouldn't you know, you're my second interview in November. You're going to be dropping right after my conversation with Tyler Arrow, which was an awesome conversation. And actually, he mentions you in our conversation. Of course he did. He did. He mentioned, uh, he mentioned your awesome, uh, I guess it was hardcore match that you guys had. I believe it was at No Ring North, if I, if I, if I got that right. Yeah, we had a really good, uh, I would say it was pretty good. Um, uh, that was my last No Ring North match. And uh, I love Arrow. Arrow is one of my best friends. And so... The opportunity to work him anytime is like an honor, you know, like, and just getting that chance to wrestle him was again, because we got to wrestle before uh, in like a notice qualification match at HPW during the pandemic, like when it was like heavy and we, uh, we had fun with that, but that nowhere North match was like our I would say it was like a redemption kind of match for our last no DQ match because I wasn't as happy with it. Oh, so you feel like you could you you feel like then down the line we could see another one. We could see one more, maybe a redemption match of your own because you were unhappy with the last one. I wasn't happy with the, the last one. I was unhappy with the last one, uh, the first one. So ah. the first one, I like I thought it was okay, but like I was like I can always do better kind of thing, right? And then the next one. I was like, all right, let's uh, do this again. And then they added another guy into the match, uh, a guy named uh, Chris Logan. And um, we did that match. And um, I was like, man, it would have been awesome just to wrestle Arrow kind of thing, right? And then I'm hoping, because I do get to wrestle him again for uh, Courage for Wrestling in a tag team match, right, for uh, the tag team championships on uh, November 14th that match is going to be uh pretty fun because I've never got the chance to work with uh Mike well no I got the chance to work with Mike Forte at uh NSW like once but to get a chance to work him uh those guys in a tag match with Andy would be uh freaking awesome like 
Absolutely, it would. I mean, but that's a lot of good heads of hair in one ring. I mean, I feel <laughs> like I feel like your hair, all three of you, your hairs would outshine the ability in the ring. I feel like I myself would be more focused on the hair. Yeah, um, I was very mad that Eric had his hair because, like, I know he killed like, it. He ruined it. Yeah, and I was like, I kind of like his hair now, like a bit, <laughs> like it's grown on me. But at first, he could see on my face that I was very mad. Like, dude what the hell are you doing like we were like tying our hairs together and like holding hands oh now it's gone oh you ruined it well there you go tyler arrow you got to grow it back because travis moore's pissed off at your forte is not get, not happy with you a lot of the fans in ontario are not happy with you you got to get your hair back tyler you got to do it man you got to get it back yeah. we got to bring back this hair metal band man we, oh, okay. So let, let's segue for a second. If you guys did have a hair metal band from like the eighties, hardcore hair metal eighties band, what would be the name of your band? And who would be the lead singer? Who would be on guitar and who would be on drums? I feel like Forte would be the lead singer. And I feel like you would kill it on drums. And I figured we'd have to put arrow on, on guitar. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, for bass, I would say put Wade Allen on there. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's amazing. Okay, now, so we've got the core band. We've got the band. What's the name? Travis, that's your one job. Give me a name. Oh, uh, God. Uh, I hate being on the spot like this, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to, like, make a like joke about how airstrike and stuff so i was gonna call it something like ground zero or something oh great that's it that's it right there ground zero and i can see like your picture your album cover would be like four of you next to a brick wall and you all be like this yeah yeah it'd be amazing amazing with like the leather chaps and everything oh yeah and assless though assless chaps you can't have anything but Obviously. ass off my like, favorite types of chaps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so 80s hair metal aside assless chaps aside let's talk you so when you sat down with the mini host, obviously that drops a few days. That drops on a Saturday before our conversation will drop. And um, you mentioned that in high school or you know elementary school, you were the scrappy kid. You were the kid that got tired of being picked on and you started fighting back. And that's always admirable because anytime a bully can get put in their place, I'm all about that. I'm absolutely all about that. Especially being a dad now, having kids, I know what bullying can do. And I know how ignorant some people could be. And that ignorance is transparent. It's transferred from... Kids don't start out that way. They learn that from their parents. And I'll put that, I'll yeah. put that on a standpoint now. So if there's any kid out there that's a bully or you're a parent and you're raising your child to be a bully because you were a bully, I got no time for you. And I'm going to put that on wax right now. I got no time for you. And anybody that stands up to bullies, good on you because bullies need to be put in their place because this world would be so much better if we didn't have bullies. And that's straight Bloody. up it. That's straight up it. So uh, you fought back and you said you regretted some of it. Not all of it, but some of it. So what, what was the, I guess, what was the, what was the match that lit the flame? How did, how did you starting to fight back? When did you, when was enough enough for you? So I would say about grade, grade six. Um, see, when I was like a kid, I was like, I would say I was a goody goody kind of thing. My parents thought, legit, they thought I was going to be a priest. And, uh, because I was very Catholic as a kid and I was, you know, um, that's kind of gone now. Um, but in grade six, I was kind of like slowly starting to gain a little bit of a like 
difference, you know? Like, I met my best friend, and then me and him started doing stupid stuff. And then... As best friends usually end up doing. That's 100%, yeah. right? And then, like, this kid was bullying me since grade five. And people told me, hey, like, ignore him. Like, it was his first year in grade five, and immediately starts picking on me. Right? And then the one day I'm in a, I'm trying to play a game of, uh, they had four square, right? Mm-hmm. I was in line waiting. And then he just kind of was like, get out of my way kind of thing. He's like, I want to be in front. And I went, no, like, you know, wait your turn kind of thing. And I was like, you know, this ain't going to get you far kind of thing. Like, and then, he decided to push me on the ground and uh, he never gotten like really that physical before. He used to make fun of me a lot because of my size, because of how I talked like, and um, how I was and how I dressed too, because I didn't have the nicest clothes as a kid. And uh, he pushed me over and I just remember like, I got up and I just felt something that I never felt before. And it was like a pure, I would say a rage kind of thing that I haven't felt. And I just ran up and I punched him in the mouth. I got on top of him and I started hitting him. And then kids pulled me off. And like, when I realized what I did, I just started crying. Like I couldn't even hold it back. I just started crying so much. And then like, we go to the, we go in class and like he comes up to me he's like I'm so sorry and stuff like he's like a, he's like I'm sorry I'm sorry and then like I told him to get away from me because like I was afraid of what I did kind of thing and then people noticed that I stood up for myself so then I got bullied a lot less uh people would still try and you know mess around with me and uh I just ended up being like hey man like if you want to take it outside we can like and then you know slowly and surely i started like making sure that stuff didn't happen anymore it kind of got back to it in high school where i started doing i was doing stupid stuff like a lot of stupid stuff that i don't feel proud of but i uh I'm proud that I stood up for myself for sure, you know, like, and then especially in high school and wrestling too, I've had people backstage kind of be dicks to me. And then I just kind of was like, man, like get out of my face. Like you're not worth my time. Yeah. Something happened a few, uh, a few months ago, didn't it? Where a promoter kind of voiced his opinion about you on social media. And you know what you had, you didn't have to stand up for yourself because you had a whole community of fans and fellow wrestlers stand up for you. And um, I'm not even going to dignify that promoter. I'm not going to give him an ounce of promotion. All I'm going to say is a promoter, anybody that wants to look it up, you can simply do your research because it was unfathomable what was said. It was disrespectful what was said. And um, your trainer, uh, Rip Impact, uh, love him as a performer, love him as a talent, uh, and also uh, hate him at the same time. Fuck, man, what he's doing in HWE. That whole attitude he's got, no, I don't like. I don't like it at all, Travis. I'll be honest with you. I mark out sometimes for that. Like when I was calling my first HWE show back in July, and just the 
just the disdain and disrespect he had for the fans. I'm like, Rip, I don't know what what happened to you, Rip. What happened to you, man? Yeah. I don't like it. But as a fan, I can appreciate I appreciate how good of a heel he really is. But your trainer stood up for you. Your fellow wrestlers stood up for you. I believe even some wrestlers uh, pulled themselves from the show that he had upcoming because there's no need to do business with a person like that. So when you look at wrestling now and you look at uh, the speaking out movement, which shaped a lot of locker rooms now. Before the speaking out movement, locker rooms might have been a little bit toxic. And I don't know because I've never stepped in a locker room. But like you said, there were wrestlers that were unkind to you based on your size and your stature, which isn't fair. It isn't right. And I, I, I want to apologize because that should never happen. We should all be treated equally with respect. And the way you get treated in locker rooms should be based solely on what you can do in the ring. And like I said, anybody wants to do the research, check it out because Travis Moore can do some special shit in the ring. He does some shit that makes me cover my eyes because I'm like, fuck, I don't know how he's walking. <laughs> I really don't. There's been a couple times I've watched you work and I'm like, like, I don't know how he gets up. And, and the funny thing is you don't just get up. You don't like undertaker up. You just spring right back up. Like nothing happened. It's almost like your bones are made of fucking rubber. It's scary. It, it, it's as a fan. I appreciate your work, but as a, as a, as a father and someone who I, who I, I consider you a friend, I get scared for you. I'm like, fuck, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, he did it. Okay. He did it. Okay, cool. Oh, he's right back up. Oh, nothing happened. Okay. No sell. You know, sell it. And then I just picture you walking behind the curtain and you turn into like an 80 year old man. You're like, oh, oh the Ozzy Osbourne effect. <laughs> exactly. The Ozzy Osbourne effect, except you're not biting the heads off of bats. But uh, you don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know. You know what? You're right. I don't know what you do in the privacy of your own home. And we're not going to get into that. We're going to leave that mystery there for sure. But talk to me about having a community behind you and a community of your fellow wrestlers and fans stand by you and say, no, we're not going to take this shit because he is a phenomenal talent. What was that like for you? Um, it wasn't like, to me, it's not even like they were saying like he was a phenomenal talent. And like, that means the world to me because like wrestling is my like one true love, you know? And like, but like, it was also people saying I was a good person and stuff. Like when I, uh, because I on I'm gonna open up a bit. Like I have like depression and stuff, and like I have like that mindset where I don't like myself a lot of the time. And, like, and like seeing that like that day, I started to you know realize that like people do like me, and like people do care about me, and like maybe it's not as bad as I think it is, kind of thing. And uh, I it's funny because like. At the time, I was just starting work at Battle Arts, and I got there, and then, like, AC and Raj, like, they talked to me, and they're like, are you okay, kind of thing? They're like, is, like, everything fine? Do we need to help you out with anything? I was like, no, I, I honestly, like, I got so angry about it, but I, at seeing all the support I had, I kind of was like, you know what, this guy's not worth my time now, you know, like. I, I don't need to deal with this guy. Like, I worked for this guy when I started out. I did the Black Ball podcast when he was on the episode, and I kind of, like, let him yell at me because I was like, that's how he's going to do his thing. I'm going to make him bury himself, you know? Like, and it just kind of, I don't know. Like, I feel like now I'm kind of, like, babbling, but I... I realized that I'm loved and like it 
meant the world to me. Like, yeah, fuck, man. Like, I might tear up. Like, shit. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't mean to make you tear up, but I, I do want to no, say this. Good. I I do want to say this, man. Is that you? You are loved. You are appreciated. Uh, anybody that steps in that squared circle has my undying respect because I've never had the guts or the balls to step in that squared circle. I talk about it. I, uh, I can book a, a mean match if I want to, a couple of dream matches, which you'll find out later because I've got a couple of Travis Moore dream matches for sure in my head. So, and I always love the reactions I get from one of my guests when I say, what about this? And they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. That's good. I didn't think about that. Of course it's good because I got, I got amazingness <laughs> up here, okay? I'm not cocky, Travis. I'm confident, okay? I'm confident. I'm no fucking Vince Russo here. I'm no, yeah, exactly. I'm better than you when it comes to booking, and I know it. <laughs> but you are loved and appreciated, man, and everyone is. And um, for anybody that has ever done that, they don't deserve our time. And that's why we're not even going to mention their name. And anybody that wants to do the research, they can because it's all out there. But the fact is, is that you are loved, you are appreciated. And like you said, man, thank you for being honest and opening up because depression is a real thing. We all go through it. I've, I've gone through it. Not near as bad as, as what, but I, I, I have weight issues. I still battle weight issues to this day. But um, what keeps me going is I was blessed enough to find the love of my life very early on in my life at 18. And she blessed me with two beautiful children. One of them is uh, the reason why my hairline is, is slowly fading backwards. But I love her to death. Uh, she's now almost a budding teenager. Fuck, she's 12, Travis, 12. That's how, yeah, yeah. Old, that's how old I feel, okay? All right? So if you feel old only being in your 20s and you hear that I have a 12-year-old daughter, imagine how I feel pushing 40. And I, I don't tell me how young you are because I already know the answer and we're going to move on past that, okay? I don't want to hear, okay, okay. hear age from you right now, Travis. I'm pushing 40 and it's a scary time for me. So we're going to just, we're going to not talk about age anymore because now I'm going to start to tear up. <laughs> okay, okay. I respect but, that. but the fact is is that depression and mental health is a serious issue we've been battling it more so now in this pandemic than we have ever before as a society so i urge anyone out there pick up the phone call one of those helplines talk to someone message a friend message message a complete stranger on the internet I'm, i guarantee you they will get back to you somebody that you idolize a wrestler a singer anybody I, I guarantee you they will get back to you there's help for everyone that will seek it so please if you are going through those tough times seek out the help fuck message me i'll i'll talk to you message travis he'll stay up all night with you i guarantee I you would actually exactly so anybody that that needs the help and doesn't know where to begin hit anybody up that you can and i guarantee you they will, because we're all going through the same stuff. We all battle depression in different ways. Man, I look at the podcast. I'm struggling for five years. And yes, I've built a brand. I've built a reputation. But I look at some other podcasts that aren't doing like the in-depth conversational type stuff. And they've got like thousands of hits and thousands of subscribers. I look at these, these YouTubers that my five-year-old watches, people driving their car over shit and breaking it. And it's got like a billion views. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, what the hell do I got to do? And it's just the world we live in. People are interested in certain things. People find stuff intriguing. I don't know. My daughter watches those, you know, those little spinny toys. They put them underneath the car and the, the tire just drives over them and smashes them. And people are fascinated by Like my daughter, my five-year-old is obsessed with this hour long, hour long video. It's got like literally 4 billion views. That's crazy. Right. right. And it's just a tire going over like dollar store toys. And people are fascinated by this. And here I am struggling to get almost 400 subscribers. But then I have my wife who reminds me, what did you get into this for? 
I got into this to have great conversations with amazing talents. And that's, that's what keeps me going. I'll look at a video. Now I don't do the conversations or the guests for anybody else, but myself, if I can learn something about my guest and I can call them a friend, that's the most important thing. And I, if I can tell them they're officially a member of the straight talk family, that's an important thing. And you are, you already are a member of the straight talk family, but we'll make it official. You are now officially a member of the straight talk family. Okay. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Bucket list checked off, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So talk to me about, um, talk to me about hardcore wrestling. Cause I had a really interesting conversation with, with arrow and he talked a lot about the fact that he's gained fans and lost fans based on the fact that he's gravitated more towards hardcore but also people forget what he can do in a ring in a traditional match. So like yourself, a wrestler who's kind of tightrope walked between the different genres of wrestling, you've done the hardcore stuff. You've done the traditional stuff. You've done the tag team stuff. You've done the old school, the new school. You've done a little bit of everything. Do you think that it's warranted for some fans not to appreciate hardcore wrestling for what it is? I mean, love it or hate it. That's your opinion and everyone is entitled to it. But for somebody who's done both the traditional style of wrestling and the hardcore stuff, the shock and awe stuff, where do you land on the fence of that debate? Do you believe that if you're a hardcore wrestler, you're less of a wrestler? No, it's just like, I'm one of those people that like, I see hardcore wrestlers and I'm like, all right, like now, like people are going to want like, and like, not to me, like, I don't think you ought to prove nothing to me because I, I'll respect you either way kind of thing, you know, but you're going to have to prove a lot of things to different people and like people are going to think you can't wrestle, but like probably can. Like when I like I hear people talk about Tyler Hill and like they're just like, oh, yeah, he's just a hardcore guy. No, I've seen this guy have good matches like he has good, solid matches and I've watched them, you know, like um. Matt Cash, I got to work with Matt Cash and like Shawnee Moe and stuff, right? Rest of soul, but like those guys can work a bit, you know? Like I got, I was in a tag team with those guys for a bit, right? I was a part of the White Trap Circus and like I saw those guys, they're able to go in a ring and, you know, have solid matches. You don't got to like, uh, I, I think people do hate on it too much, but at the same time, like, it's people's opinions, and if we let people just voice their hate, we're not going to get anywhere, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're just going to stay the same place always. We're going to – and, like, you know, in wrestling, we're fucking sharks, you know? We just keep moving forward, you know? Like, I mean, that that's what my dad says about Adairs or, you know, like, we're sharks. We move forward. We don't stay still because we're going to die kind of thing. I like that. So, yeah, I like that. That's a that's a very cool metaphor. So going back to the speaking out movement for a second and all the uh, the cleaning up of the locker rooms, do you think since that movement happened, do you think that locker rooms, at least in Ontario, are better now than they were before, or do you think we still, as as a, as a culture, do we still fans and and wrestlers alike, do we still have some growing up and cleaning up to do? Every person has cleaning up to do personally, but some people aren't complete fucking scumbags. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry for swearing. No, um, but... listen, straight talk wrestling. We say things straight up. You want to fucking swear? 
fucking swear. Okay. There. Now I made you feel better. You can swear more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I swear way too much. So I was just kind of like holding my tongue back sometimes. Don't worry about it, man. That that's what that's what I love about my platform. The interviews go out. I never cut the interviews. The only time I'll ever cut the interview is if there's like an audio issue, but I never cut the interview. Conversation to conversation, record to stop. The full thing always goes out. There's never a cut. And the only time you will see a cut is if there's audio problems, but it gets released as all. People are going to see the water that, that came out when you were drinking. It's part of the interview. It's honesty. That's what Fuck, we do. I, <laughs> I, I totally don't. Are you kidding me? You're sitting like, here, I'll make you feel better, okay? Here, watch. Just for you, Travis. I don't do this for everybody, but I'm doing it for you. There. Okay. Okay. I, I feel a bit better. Now we've done it. Now we've both done it together. I'm like, shirt's soaking wet. But I did it for you, Travis, okay? <laughs> there we go. So go ahead. Um, I think everyone does need to clean up, but not everyone's a complete fucking scumbag. Like, I've dealt with some pretty scummy people in wrestling, and, like, I honestly, like, could have, I could have spoke out, you know? Like, I had a pretty nasty encounter with someone, like, when I first was training. Like, a person... Like, I'm not going to name names right now, but a person took pictures of me while I was in my underwear, while I was changing during a show, not during a show, during a training the one day. And I noticed it and we checked him out like promptly. And then he never came back. And then I always said, I, I'm like, it's because it gets me boiling out my blood every time because I would never want that to happen to anyone else. I would kick the shit out of them for doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um but like you know like i noticed that people have been spoken out on and then they still get booked and it really it really makes me sad seeing that you know like we're trying to move you know everything forward and make everything better and then you know some scumbags that have been spoken out like i can't like joey ryan and like i'm sorry to say his name because he's like he's a fucking idiot mm -hmm. he i've seen he's gotten bookings and stuff and like people just were like they still bought tickets to the show like uh i'm trying to think of other people i'm pretty sure travis banks that guy was a great wrestler scummy ass person you know i saw people that i looked up to get called called out on there and it made me feel terrible about like the people they hurt you know, and, like, obviously they have, we need to make sure, like, we need to make sure we let, like, I'm trying to think of the words for it. We need to make sure we have, like, a policy of, like, this shit never happens again. You know, the second we notice something's wrong, we get this motherfucker out. Because, like, he's going to get his head stomped in otherwise kind of thing. By me, probably. <laughs> like. I can't stand that shit and seeing it happen in something that I love so much fucking breaks my heart. Like, and having it happen to me and stuff made me feel even worse. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I, um, I'll be honest, when the Speaking Out movement started, there was a couple of people that I looked up to that were getting called out. I actually had a guest. I had the episode in the can edited, ready to go. And the guest was called out. And I pulled the episode. I said this week, there will be no episode this week. It was the only time since I've started 
that I've canceled an episode. I had no episode that week and I didn't want to screw up my schedule because I already built up the promotion. So I had said there will be no episode this week. I will not let anyone know who the guest was and I still won't. Uh, but if you want to know, I'll tell you off camera because you're family. But the fact yeah. is, is that I, um, I had a lot of people message me and say, hey, who was the guest? I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you because there's no need to tell you. The fact is I pulled the episode and I hashtagged integrity over licits. And um, I stand true to that. I will share anyone's story who needs their story to be shared. And if I'm the one they picked to share their story, then I'm honored for that. And I will always, uh, wrestling is something that I love so much. And to see all the names that were being called out, it broke my heart. And I actually, I had Joey Ryan scheduled. And then he went like ghost walled after everything like got canceled. And thankfully, he never came to the Zoom link. I never even went on to the Zoom link to see if I had him, had him, had he popped up. But if he had popped up, I would have been like, Joey, thank you very much for coming on. But it, you can go. We're good. There's no need for you to show up. And uh, I never checked the Zoom link. I actually ended up spending a day with my kids, which was even better time than sitting down with that scumbag. And you know what? It is what it is. And, and but are you are you a believer? And I am because I've done it myself. I've had I've gone through changes. I've gone through evolving. I've gone through growing up a little bit. Are you, are you a believer that people deserve a second chance if it's warranted? If they come out, they do. well, let's talk about Joey Ryan. He, um, for a second, let's just talk about that for a second because it, it's the only example that I can go off of. When all this shit happened, he owned up to it, but he owned up to it making excuses. Yeah, I, I might have done that, but, or I'm not sure it went down that way. I think it went down this way. But had he owned up to it and said, listen, I'm a, fucking perv and a horrible person i'm gonna step away and i'm gonna hope one day wrestling were to bring would have embraced me back if he had just owned it and actually you know try to right the wrongs for all the horrible things he had done to male and female talents do you do you think it's warranted if you were to get a second chance honestly like with stuff he did that sort of stuff especially i i couldn't forgive him you know i wouldn't be able to trust him and, like, I'm a big person on, uh, like, at, of course, I'm a big person against, like, sexual abuse and domestic abuse and all that stuff. And, like, seeing what he did, just, like, I was like, this guy's got to go. Like, he, uh, he really fucked the dog on this one. And probably, literally and figuratively. Uh, but, like... I couldn't forgive him for that. Like, if it was something, you know, where, like, he mouthed off a bit kind of thing and that was it, you know, maybe you could forgive him, you know? Like, especially if, like, he didn't say, like, oh, like, my mom's a whore or something, you know? Like, I'd be like, all right, like, you can say what you want, man. Like, but, you know, I was forgiven. But if he did what, you know, he did what he did and I can't forgive him for that you know there's a lot of people i looked up to i looked up to jack gallagher you know i loved his in-ring style but the fact that he did what he did i don't look up to that guy anymore i don't watch old british wrestling thank you very much i watch johnny saint i don't need to watch jack gallagher now i can watch johnny saint or Les Kellett. you know i'll watch any of the old school guys rather than that guy it's uh you can get second chances if you own up to you can get second chances if you own up to it only if it's stuff that 
has not harmed someone severely, you know? Think of the person he fucking harmed, you know? Like, they're not going to forgive that. They're not going to forget that. So why should we? You're absolutely right. You're wise. You're a wise young fellow by, beyond your years. I mean, again, I'm not going to go into the age because that's going to send me into a spiral of depression. But, but you are a very wise and mature young man. And uh, it shows. It shows in your in-ring ability. And it shows in um, things. So let's, let's talk about this. You're working at Battle Arts. You now have a shot, or when this airs, you would have had a shot at the Light Heavyweight Championship. How much would it mean to represent Battle Arts as the Light Heavyweight Champion? Obviously, we can't spoil it because the match hasn't happened yet. But if you were to come away victorious and have that piece of gold, how would it feel for you, full circle, as in being working there, working with Dave, working with AC, and then going out and fighting for Battle Arts Gold and actually bringing Battle Arts Gold to the Hamilton Wrestling roster? Because you are not a Battle Arts roster. You are a Hamilton Wrestling roster wrestler. So how would it feel to take that gold away from a current Battle Arts roster member? So <laughs> it's funny because I was thinking about that. I was like, you know how much that would bother the Battle Arts people? They'd be like, this, this fucking kid, he comes from <laughs> Hamilton and then he steals our belt, you know? like, And like, win or lose it, I'm probably just going to steal the belt either way. I'm going to just bring it to Hamilton, represent Hamilton with it, and then defend it only in Hamilton. Oh, that would be the stipulation. Yes, I am the Battle Arts Light Heavyweight Champion, but I will never defend it in the Don Koloff. I will only defend (laughs) it outside of the Don Koloff. Wow. That is, Travis, that's some, that's ballsy, man. That's straight up fucking ballsy. I'm going to tell you. I appreciate it. And I respect it, but it's you would you would definitely make a lot of enemies in the battle arts roster for sure if that happened. It's another fight, so that's what I want, you know. That's it. <laughs> that's <laughs> so talk to me about Backyard Pro. I am a huge fan of this product. It is a great product. I have dubbed, and I don't give a shit what anybody says because this is my nickname for him. I have dubbed Von Vertigo the Quentin Tarantino of the Ontario Indies. I find that's what he that's my nickname for him and i've said this a few times so if you ever hear anybody else say it but me you have to say whoa whoa man slow your fucking roll okay straight talk okay. came straight talk came up with that shit it's not your fucking name straight talk's fucking name so just back off yeah. back off <laughs> I'll fight. I'll and I'll, fight you for George, right? that's right and I'll, I'll be standing behind you safe and secure in my car be like that's right yeah travis will take care of you i don't have to worry about that Travis gonna fuck you up. Travis gonna fuck you up, man. All right, like Pulp Fiction style. Rain down furious anger and vengeance. Those who oppose my brother. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Samuel Jackson. God love you. So, but um, uh, backyard pro on uh, again the Tarantino of the Ontario Indies. What a visionary! Season three was amazing. Um, you know, seeing you on that scooter. Seeing you and Mark Wheeler and everybody going to town, it was just, it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. What were your thoughts on being part of Backyard Pro for season three? So I'll, I'll start with season two, actually, where... Um, oh, my God, I totally forgot you were in season two. My apologies. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I, was, in a, I was in a match against Barry Wire. Originally, <laughs> it was not supposed to be me to be Scooter McGavin. It was supposed to be someone else. I'm not going to say who, but I... Uh, the person was not interested, right? And so I was like, I'm taking this. Like, this is mine now, right? 
because uh, Vertigo messaged me. He's like, hey, man, you want to do this? And I go, yeah, I watched the first season. I absolutely loved it. I want to be part of the second season kind of thing, right? He goes, give me a name to do with Scooters kind of thing. I want Scooter McGavin. And he went, done. And, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm an Adam Sandler fan, so I immediately went, like, Shooter McGavin kind of thing, right? That was a fun filming there. And uh, every time we filmed, we filmed in Brewington. Because uh, I guess we, I was in the middle, right? Because I live in Brewington right now. Um, and it was weird because, like, we're filming in places that I've, like, you know, mentally remember for certain things right like the there's we were filming at the skate park and stuff and i remember like crashing and burning there when i was younger because i never learned how to properly ride a skateboard um i love i love that little tidbit yeah i remember totally falling on my face but that's because i i didn't i didn't ride it properly i didn't ride it. yeah like i never properly learned and people tried to teach me i was like fuck off like i never learned this myself kind of thing and oh. then third season came around and they suggested for uh, the big brother, Dean, right? Uh, they had like this one name that the, this one person they were going to originally have for him. And it would have been great, but then he couldn't do it because of the prior commitments. And so I was like, get Corey Stone. Like me and Corey Stone just got off a feud at HPW and like, it would be cool to, like get to work with him as like a tag team kind of thing and so we started filming back here pro around the same location too um and then we found out that we're going to be facing stratos and mark wheeler or uh the what, what were they called the supermarket mafia and uh we i was super excited Right. I never got to work with Strauss before. I got to work with Mark before, but I was like, this is gonna be fucking sweet. We got to film that. Um, if you watch um the like kind of like the big brother thing where he's carrying me on my sh- on his shoulders and he runs into the soccer pole and like you see me fall, I legit fell and took a bump on the grass. And that was all by accident. I was supposed to hang on like this, right? And like swing my legs. But my arms just slipped and I went, oh shit, and just ate it. <laughs> and then Vertigo's like, you didn't have to take the bump. And I was like, I didn't fucking mean to. Like, I'm laying on the ground, rolling around in pace. And he's just like, are you okay? And I'm like, just let me fucking get up. Like, we're going to film the rest of this, but I'm going to go lay down in your car or something. Oh, that's a great story. That is an absolute great story. Yeah, it hurt like a bitch. Didn't feel like a great story, but, you know, it's funny, like, looking back to it. Absolutely. It's it's great. If anyone has not checked it out, please check out Backyard Pro. It is on YouTube, all three seasons. Phenomenal work by all these great talents here in Ontario. You can see the likes of Travis Moore, Josh Alexander, Fishnet Stockings. I'll leave that completely open to interpretation. <laughs> You can see uh, the demon Jody Threat. You can see Holden Albright and the introduction of his casket, which has now become a fixture in Ontario. The casket, I believe, is more famous than anybody else, really. The casket is is all over the yeah. place, my honest opinion. Um, yeah, just a lot of great talent. Von Vertigo, of course, Gabriel Fuerza. I just dropped my episode with him today, uh, so please check that out. And obviously, like, subscribe. It takes literally one second. As long as I said the word subscribe, that's how long it takes. Help a brother out. I'm 18 away from 400. 
And it would be awesome to hit that before the end of the year. So uh, Travis, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. And like I said, 20 minutes ago or so, you are officially a member of the Straight Talk family. And if you ever want to do this again, man, it would be an absolute honor and a privilege. And uh, for anybody that doesn't uh, follow your journey, where can they find you on the wonderful world? Well, sometimes wonderful world of social media. Um, they can find me at, uh, at the underscore Travis Moore for Instagram and Twitter. I made my Facebook more of a public profile now. So you can just find me on Facebook as Travis Moore. Um, I'll post personal stuff on that, but you know, don't be commenting weird shit or text me weird shit. Cause I will break your fucking fingers. Um, you know, and then, yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for social medias. It's perfect. And of course, cause I'm a glutton for self-promotion. Why not? at underscore straight talk on Twitter, straight talk wrestling on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, straight talk wrestling on YouTube. And if you, if video is not your thing and you're just an audio person, that's cool. Cause we are on all audio podcast platforms, straight talk wrestling. Like I said, like comment, subscribe, let us know your thoughts and feelings. We appreciate all the love. It's all good or bad at the end of the day, depending on how you look at it. For me, it's all good because it just motivates me to be better. But as always, I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening and watching and peace, love and wrestling. See you guys next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm out of space Can't eat with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight talk going state to state